Hello, all. Uh, thanks for coming to the podcast again. Today's special guest is Sean O'Brien the Lion. It was a hilarious podcast. We talked about a lot of things. Uh, I went off the rails at the very end. Um, shout out to everybody that listens. And after 30 seconds, the music will play. Thanks again for listening. I don't know what's wrong with my Wi-Fi, but uh, whenever I do the podcast with the Wi-Fi on it, it seems to cut out. So I got off the Wi-Fi and then it just didn't reconnect, I guess. Never works. Yeah. Um, so as I was saying, uh, the party at Steve's house. Okay, yeah. Oh, so I wanted to say real quick, two things. First thing, um, class 2008 rules. Second thing, <laughs> I heard on an earlier podcast that I don't remember which one exactly, but Joel was saying something to the effect of that he was gunning for the fourth spot on the podcast. And uh, I don't really even know who the third person is, but I'm gunning for Joel's fourth spot, and that's really the only reason I'm here today. <laughs> okay, so that was uh... – <laughs> podcast yeah. status it has dwindled down to me just uh trying to hold it together hold down the fort <laughs> i i know it appears that there's maybe even just me and you on this podcast today but i want it to be known i'm gunning for that fourth spot still <laughs> well you got a you got a pretty good chance thanks man thanks <laughs> um okay so I'm going to paint the situation here and uh, I'll tell my, my perspective on the story and then I'll let you uh, take it from there. So I'm not going to go over everything that we did before that, that day, <laughs> but uh, so it was, Steve's parents were out of town or something and he's like, oh, let's have a party. And I'm like, I'm 100% down for it. Always down. Why not? So I believe, dude, there was a lot of people there. <laughs> and uh, what you call? Yeah, I remember it was me, you, Steve, Joel, Mark. <laughs> the, the bag of Cheetos. That was the bag of Cheetos night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely bag of Cheetos was on hand for most of that night, I'm sure. <laughs> Dude, whoever edited that picture <laughs> did a wonderful job. Can we say the teacher's name? That got, can we? I don't think it matters, right? Let's call her Miss D. I can't believe teacher. someone showed that picture, to, that awesome picture of me in my youth, to uh, our teacher, our, like social studies teacher, in, like eighth or ninth grade or something like that. Really? Yeah, the the kind of cute lady who had the big jugs who worked at Walmart also, but she was a substitute teacher at our school. I have a follow up story with that. Awesome! I know you know who I'm talking about, but yeah. So yeah, um, somebody showed her that picture, which is just incredible, and I I always thought that it was the most hilarious thing. <laughs> Wait, was it the actual picture? Was it Dorita or uh, Cheetos? The Cheetos Photoshop job was the actual <laughs> picture, as far as I know. I don't think I've ever seen the original past that. Dude. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, dude, how old do I like just how old were we at the time? Was, I, like, was it a freshman, sophomore year? I think it was freshman year, maybe. I couldn't have been more than like 14, whatever year that is. Jesus, <laughs> 14, 15. Because I know I wasn't. How, how long ago is that? Jeez, man. Well, we graduated. Uh, let's not do the math, actually. Let's not look into that too much. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> so some um, some time ago, we were def- all right, Steve's party was definitely a Cheetos night. We'll leave it at that. And we definitely may have had some drinks of the elder age cup. Yeah. And um, so we did whatever beforehand. And then I remember it was me, you, Steve, Shano, or you are Shano, me, you, Steve, <laughs> Joel, Mark. I think Burnt was there. I think Gintner was there too. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. But there was yeah. a bunch of girls there too. Specifically, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but she, okay. So that's part of the story. So I'm not going to go into that. But there's multiple girls there. Yes. And um, so we're acting a fool yeah. as we always did in our youth. And I remember I was in this room in Steve's like side room or whatever, not his parents' room and not his room, but there's like a middle yeah, room. Yeah, I remember that like one with the door closed. Yeah. And I was making out with this girl and ended up having sex with her. <laughs> and then, oh man, it's uh, whatever. So next thing you know, it's this girl in this room and me, and then everybody came in, and some, I don't know who started the chant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily Infamously, know infamously, uh, it was the T-I-T-S, tits, 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 <laughs> just over and over and over again, loud as shit, and uh, trying to get this girl to show us her tits. <laughs> no, no, and, pressure, uh, no pressure. <laughs> it fucking worked, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely worked. Was that before or after? That was after? Oh, yeah, okay. maybe. I don't okay. know. <laughs> but uh, as the night goes on, um, I'm fucking hammered drunk, and I can't. I remember I was, like, on my hands and knees, like, that fucked up. And Steve found this shirt that he had that had a uh, stain on it. And he was super upset, <laughs> and he thought, he assumed that, it, because the shirt was in this room that I had sex with this girl with, he thought that I jizzed in it. <laughs> and like I said, I was too fucked up, and I remember I was on my hands and knees, and he fucking <laughs> was rubbing it in my face like a bad dog, like, yo, you fucking scumbag, whatever the fuck he said, I don't remember, but I'm like... In my head, I'm like, dude, I did not do anything to your fucking shirt. Please stop. <laughs> and he did not believe me. Yeah. Which I don't blame yeah. him. Yeah. But it's a likely story, first of all. Like, first and foremost. It, it, that's what I'm saying. I, I believe the, so it could have happened. There's definitely a reason Steve thought that you uh, jizzed into his shirt. <laughs> and the reason I'm guessing. is that I told him that. <laughs> the reason i know that's a rumor is because i started it (laughs) listen man you gotta hear it from my perspective it wasn't malicious completely (laughs) but this is i did not find out about this until i i want to say years later (laughs) the truth the actual story really oh that's great yeah i don't think it was something i necessarily held secret i thought i told a few people i think it's hilarious that it only got to you sometime way later i wish it got to you sooner but i think that adds to the story way later i think it adds to the story now which is probably better anyway 
I think it's a little different. Like I said, from my from my perspective, it, it, it definitely played out a little differently. And it was a little bit of panic. And I want to explain what happened. <laughs> so, as earlier stated, we were maybe 14, 15, something like that. We were young. And we were doing some Cheeto activities, which I'm going to go out there on a limb <laughs> and say that we might have been smoking some things that didn't include tobacco. Out of an apple. Out of anything we could find. <laughs> Aluminum foil, apples, whatever it may be. Yeah, but an apple specifically. That was great. Um, but anyway, that got knocked over. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but so there we are in Steve's private room. I guess sometime after you had um, young lady, and I'm in there getting very, very high out of my mind. And uh, at some point, Steve pops in. Or, no, no, no. Before, like, stop. Break. And uh, you know what comes with it? You get thirsty, not... and your nose gets a little runny. And I had water, but what I didn't have was any tissues. So I'm a clean dude. I pulled my clothes. I saw a shirt on the floor. I said, oh, it's a dirty shirt. That shirt's going in the laundry. I'm just going to quick blow my nose in it. Throw it back in the laundry. And I will admit now that I understand that's probably not a good thing to do. But like I said, I was under age, under the influence. It wasn't right mind. So what happens next is also probably believable. <laughs> so I blow my nose in the shirt, and not a second later, does Steve come barging through the door? <laughs> talking about, hey, what are you guys doing in here? I heard someone's having sex in here. And he's looking around and everything, and then he goes, he's like, where's my new shirt? I swear, if anyone messed up my new shirt. <laughs> this is what he's saying, dude. And I'm thinking, there's no, I'm, th- I'm with him. I'm like, yeah, dude, there's no way. <laughs> no one fucked up anything, Steve. This place looks good, man. We're Mother taking care of it. Fuck. And he picks up this shirt on the floor, dude. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe my luck. <laughs> so I panicked. I definitely panicked. And he said, he said, "Oh my god, what is this shirt?" <laughs> you know, an angry. St- oh my god, what is on his shirt? <laughs> angry Steve voice. And uh, <laughs> I swear, dude, he probably tells the story differently and much better. But the part that I remember. <laughs> was that he realized something was on the shirt. And I said, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> was it Sasha just in here with that girl, though? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You sold I sold me. you so quick. I sold you so quick. <laughs> and that's the thing. Dude, he could have just said, I don't know. And that could have been the end of it. But no, you had to fucking specifically blame me. <laughs> you know, I wish I remembered it differently. Where like, he was like, hey, was this Josh? And he maybe put some blame somewhere else, but I definitely remember saying the exact words. I don't know. Josh was in here with that girl. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's when Steve goes, oh, my God, no way. <laughs> Gets really upset, which I didn't blame him at that point. If someone had came in my shirt, I would be upset, too. As far as Steve knows, there's a big bundle of jism in his new shirt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know if that shit stains. I'm 14. And I'm upset too, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, I, dude, I remember following him downstairs and he like he's yelling <laughs> and you're like but in your face. <laughs> and it had been at that moment that I realized, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I better that. not tell anybody that I blew my nose in that shirt. <laughs> 
and I don't remember. I don't know what happened. Mm. I don't, and I'd like to at this point kind of throw the blame around on some other parties, but whoever's in the room didn't say nothing either. <laughs> I don't remember going to any kind of pact of like this will not leave this room. So, <laughs> maybe no one saw me blow my nose. I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have myself to this day. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all good. I got you again. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, dude, one of the things that uh, I don't, you, you probably don't know, but I'm very thankful. Nobody else knows about this story either. Um, but like I said to Prespis that on on here is uh, I, I you definitely saved me from something stupid that I was about to fucking do. Really? Yeah. Um, That's we interesting. Were, okay. We were we were in Ocean City. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, because you were dating Tila at the time. Okay. Yeah, definitely senior week. So you know where the story's going? No, I, please. Okay, so we, it was whoever we had a house with. It was me, you, Steve. I think Joel and Mark showed up like a couple of days later. Yeah. But there was a bunch of us in this fucking house just getting shit-faced every day right. for, for a week. Right. <laughs> and I mean, there was like a bunk, one room with like nine bunks in it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Some of those, fu- just listening to Joey and Steve, bitch at each other was some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Um, but anyway, we were, you were dating Tila at the time, like I said, and they were there too with their own house. And it was Tila, Caitlin, Kira, uh, the other Kira. Yes. They are the second floor balcony. I remember, right? Yeah. And, um, I remember we were drinking at our house and, uh, some of them came over and Tila told me that Caitlin was about to have sex with Garvey. And I just broke up with Caitlin, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I was fucking heated, dude. Yeah. Like, ready to, like, legit ready to fucking murder somebody. Yeah. So, <laughs> I remember I was fucking, I immediately left the house to go over there to whip some ass. <laughs> And you followed me, and you were talking to me the whole time, and, like, I was just in this fucking zone of fucking rage and hate. And you're like, hey, man, don't do anything dumb. Don't do anything dumb. And, like, I, I fucking took off running, like, just down the street. Yeah. And you fucking followed me, and you're like, please don't do anything dumb. Don't do anything stupid. And we got to the house, and... I remember we, I stopped at the door and like, I had this fucking moment of clarity. Like if I fucking open this door and Garvey's here, I'm going to fucking murder him. So I opened the door and it was a fucking, I, I tried to grab a knife too. And Jeez. I couldn't find one. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Oof. Yeah. Good. And Lucky I remember there. you saying, and you were saying like, yeah, you probably shouldn't look too hard for one of those or something <laughs> fucking hilarious or, like, whatever. So I opened up the bedroom door, and it was Kira, Caitlin. It was two – it was bunk beds on both sides. Yeah. And I opened up the door – or it was locked, and I Caitlin ended up opening up the door, and she, like, pushed me back and, like, was like, here, let me talk to you, whatever. So I did, and – 
I guess when I was turned around, Garvey, uh, apparently Garvey was hiding like under a uh, blanket yeah. on one of the beds and like fucking ran out like the door as I was turned around or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I didn't end up fighting him or whatever, but like you were the voice of reason. And I ended up, Caitlin was like, have sex with me or whatever. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh <laughs> So it ended up calming me down very much. But I remember you were like following. <laughs> Dude, you followed me for like two blocks while I was fucking like in a dead sprint. Oh my like, God. And you're like, just fucking don't do anything dumb. You're going to regret it. Blah, blah, so, uh, I remember that. And like I said, I don't think anybody else, anybody ever heard of that story. Yeah, dude. I just wanted to say thanks. I appreciate that, man. Honestly, I appreciate the heck out of hearing that story. It's one of those things where um i completely forgot it happened i you telling me the story is like me reliving it with you i'm like what did i do next what did i do next right (laughs) it's bizarre to me that uh that that can happen on one level but also it's uh it's really cool to think that um something can be so innocuous to me as like oh man that we just the situation became such a a non-issue like oh i ran over there with you and then nothing happened so i just buried it but to you it could have been this completely huge life-changing gigantic moment right right (laughs) wow that's nuts that's nuts the two kind of like sides of the coin there yeah yeah man that that's uh that's really funny i remember kind of similarly not to get too crazy here but i remember talking at the end of uh um joe hart's wedding recently it was me you um joel and luke Kyle and Kyle. Oh, Luke. Luke came out at some. Who the fuck is Luke? Do you remember Luke, Joe's friend from IUP? No. Oh, dude. Okay, he came towards the end, but definitely Kyle was there too. Dude, I was fucked up at that wedding. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us were. <laughs> a lot of us were. That was a crazy time. But I remember. That was. I, it's like one of those things where it's the end of the night, and you kind of remember, but it's like kind of like black spots as well. But I remember we were all out there at the end. Cause I remember just being so cold, but not wanting to go inside. Cause I just wanted to continue this conversation for as long as it was like going. Were we at Kyle's car? We were at Kyle's car a couple of times. We hit the little vape okay. and then we were like yeah. right outside of it, just kind of standing in the middle of the road there. Yeah. <laughs> but that was another time where we got into some uh, crazy stories like that about like things that we had done in the past. And I, I remember thinking for a few of them, like, man, this stuff's, I remember this one. I don't remember that one. I remember this one. And like that, that kind of juxtaposition of what's important to one person and what's not important to another. is just really bizarre. Yeah. Um, did you have a story to go along with that or not? Uh, I don't remember much of it, to be honest. I think, right. I think the, the heaviest story I remember from that was um, you just kind of telling me like about the time you were in Iraq and just like having to guard some, some people there and the commander, an officer, whatever he was, was basically like, if they move, shoot them. And you were like, man, I hope this. I hope they don't move. <laughs> oh, dude, that was like the first time being on duty. Like we had people that would come and clean the bathrooms or whatever. And dude, I'm like 22 at the time, and I've never been in like this situation. And like you have to guard like four or five people that are dressed in robes. Yeah. And like, like looking back on it, dude, they were just doing a job, and it was just like the situation of like every everything that i knew at that point was like these guys are the enemy and they're gonna blow something up so it's like these guys have a bomb under their vest or whatever 
But looking back on it, it was like, no, they're just fucking, this is how they dress. It's nothing crazy. But at the time, it's like, you've never been in this situation. Yeah, I can't imagine it's the weight of it. fucking intense. Yeah. Right. But, um, on a lighter note, um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this story, um, but for people that don't know, uh, me and you got pretty tight after high school before I joined the Marine Corps when you were going to Misericordia. Yeah. Like, we, I would fucking go up there and just fucking party fucking every other weekend. It was close enough to drive. It was a great, like, little oasis up there. I loved having people up there. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I remember one time it was the middle of winter and the Misericordia basketball house was having a party. And I remember I saw Bieski there because he was playing right. at the time. Yeah. And, like, the party ended, and I was fucked up like an idiot. <laughs> and the way the house was, was it was a long driveway. Super steep. House. Super steep, too. Super steep. Dude, and it was the middle of winter, so the whole <laughs> fucking thing was iced over, dude. I, I definitely gave myself a concussion. <laughs> but because I was trying to get down this hill, and I could not fucking hold my balance and i fucking rocked my head at least five times dude. like i would like like joke around like oh i fell and then like after the first time i was like holy shit dude i'm not gonna get down fucking brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> like dude i remember like legit being scared like oh is that the one that's gonna fucking kill me <laughs> like <laughs> oh, how many more brains my brain could take yeah that's legit what it was like I was legitimately scared, like, holy shit, dude, like, I can't get down this hill without smashing my head on this fucking uh, ice. I can still picture, um, I have in my head, when, uh, apparently we took a picture there together, because I can picture us in that house, um, dr- drunk, mm-hmm. just like, I think we were, like, holding arms, just standing there in the middle of the room where we played uh, beer pong all the time. Yeah. But, dude, that the, that house, I have so many memories <laughs> But almost all of them involve. Almost all of them, Josh, involve people dying going down the driveway at the end. Yeah, really? <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that house got shut down almost after like the first semester we were there, which was the fall semester, fall into winter, or maybe even the first year for the spring semester it made it. But it only did like one year, and we partied there as much as we could, like every other weekend or every weekend because there wasn't there was no fraternities or sororities at Misericordia, but. Every, yeah, that was that was that was the ahead. closest you got to it, and that was um that house for some reason was perpetually icy. That driveway, people would drop us off at the bottom if we were going to the house. You couldn't drive up it; you would yeah. have to get dropped off at the bottom and kind of try to like beat your way up somehow. And I don't know; it was easier to get up than it was to get down because you're sober, obviously as well. But man, I remember seeing like little girl, like young girls just trying to go down in heels and smashing their heels, smashing their heads. Jesus. People, the next day, you would go to the, like the cafeteria for breakfast and you would literally see people just like jacked up and you'd be like basketball house, right? That damn driveway. <laughs> it was just like a gamble everyone was willing to take because there's nowhere else to party. So we're all going to go to the basketball house yeah. and just brave this incredible driveway. That was the closest I came to, like, the actual movie college experience. Oh, man. I wish – that was kind of cool. But I always think of the kind of, like, college movie experience to be what Jesse Stein had. Bro, I went there one time, and that was it. 
<laughs> I think I went twice or three, just like a handful of times, two or three, um, like once for State Patty's Day, once just for like a big frat party at each of the frats he was in. Dude, it was just insane. And I always think like, there's no way I could have graduated from that school. So it's kind of a blessing I didn't go there in a way. But that's that's dude. the experience in the movies. Yeah, dude. Now, now that you mention it, dude, it fucking. Dude, I was there one time, and it was during football season. And he was like, I don't know if he was still a pledge or whatever, but he had to go set something up at the yeah. frat house. So I hung out with his friend while he was going to set. Was it up, Miami, and, uh, dude? Like, it might have been. That sounds so familiar. <laughs> But, dude, it was like 10 o'clock, and it's just me and this dude, and we're starting drinking. And like I said, I've never had, like, the college experience, like, especially the frat house yeah. experience. So it's just me and this dude, and we're fucking – we were playing, uh, like, quarters or something. So we're just – me and him are going back and forth just drinking. And, dude, it's like 11 o'clock. It's been like an hour, and I'm fucking – No no idea of, like, how to pace yourself for that type of setting either, right? Because you kind of want to shell out, but you haven't even left the dorm yet. Zero. <laughs> Zero. And so whatever, my phone rings and he's like, all right, I'm coming to pick you up. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, he's like, the night's just getting started. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, uh, dude, like you said, like, you can only piece things back (laughs) together so much. And I remember I was playing beer pong and it was me and Stein and these two girls. And I kept slapping this girl's ass. (laughs) Casually. Over and over and over. (laughs) No, like fucking, like I'm trying to commit a fucking felony assault charge. Like, and I remember every time Steins would miss and the ball would go fucking roll away, dude, it would take me like 20 minutes to fucking, like, after seeing like triple of them, like yeah. picking the right one yeah. with my hand. And uh, I remember we played beer pong and I was slapping this girl's ass. And then I remember I was wandering through the house and I got yelled at for going in the wrong room because I was like looking for the bathroom or something. And and the rest is black. And then the crazy fucking thing is, is I wake up and Steins is fucking drinking again because it's Saturday. I remember because it was a Saturday and Penn State was playing at home. And one of the running backs he knew like one of the running backs or something and his dad was being interviewed. And I remember who was on TV and them explaining the situation. And I was like, how the fuck do you guys do this? Like every <laughs> fucking day situation. right? Yeah. It was fucking intense. Um, but that was like the one and only time I went down. There. I've never been able to do that second day drinking to begin with. I'm always the guy who's like hung over and needs at least to like the afternoon at best of the next day. Same, but that, dude. that Penn state experience was especially out of my league. It was like, those guys just, they don't stop. Like, it's like a weekend is just the party. Cause there's food trucks after the frats are just stay inside the frats. You could be there all night. The dorms like a big party. Um, and there's no idea how to pace yourself. Like, like we were saying, it's, that's what I was going to say, dude. It's like they fucking go hard and stay going hard for like 72 I think you hours. like build this this tolerance. I'm sure Jesse didn't come in as a date. He was probably like us day one. I'm sure there's some kind of tolerance building there over being there. But man, I was think- I remember thinking I am out of my league. I thought I could party a little bit. I've done some keg stands. I played the two yeah. beer pongs one a couple of times. And then I got there and I barely remember it because it's every time I've gone, it's like 
blackout before we leave the dorms. It's it's disgusting. Like, it's not that I blackout, but like that's when st- stuff starts getting blurry. Don't really remember much beyond that. Yeah. I I do remember. Um, he was he his freshman year. He had this like weird roommate, but down the hall lived this kid named Miami, and I don't even know his real name, so I don't think it's much to call him Miami. No identity thing there. But this kid <laughs> was absolutely crazy, dude. He he we we were drinking with him all night, and then he just kept throwing butt our way the whole time. And uh, I just remember Jesse telling me stories that I won't go into detail that were much crazier than that. And I was like, this is just some kid like who lives down the hall. who's just one of like a thousand kids on this floor. Like I'm in my school and this kid was just bananas to begin with. It was really, uh, That's yeah. what and then going out of the party I went to that I remember most um, there over any of them was this like black light party. It was in the basement of some frat, and it was like the basement was bigger than any house I'd ever been in. The basement was like eight eight rooms. That you're not that that's a you're you're sure you're talking about a Penn State and that um, IUP one? No, I've definitely been to some IUP basements that were smaller, but I remember this Penn State one was gigantic in the basement. It was dude, this place okay. was seriously like they had two different dark light rooms. They had um just like a dance room with the lights out. They had just like a smoking room. It was insane. It was just a maze in the basement. And we weren't even allowed to go upstairs. <laughs> I remember thinking this place is nuts. But uh and then I, IUP, those those things. What I remember IUP was like definitely the basement parties. I always thought it was like a little tighter there. Right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> but like like I said, dude, my I never had like the full university college experience. I went to the community college and then like hung out with people that I knew that went to university uh, and we were fucking still <laughs> under 21 at the time so it was like you know like if you could get alcohol you're gonna drink it yeah those are the stakes you don't get it so often it's, a, it's like it is a party just to get it so yeah. inevitably you're gonna do some crazy stuff um but like dude what was it new year's this past year I still haven't fucking learned anything <laughs> because Stein basically took care of us the whole fucking time, and I got fucking wrecked. And you were there, and it was just a, a big it, fucking question. It's almost fuck a, of like basically Stein. It's almost a tradition to get to that level, though. Like when we get together at this point, it's like we just kind of fall back into those roles of all right, yeah. man, we got to do, do crazy stuff, get absolutely way too drunk, and that's almost surely going to be Jesse Stein driving us home and taking care of us. <laughs> But is that a uh, that makes sense, like in theory? But like, I don't want it to be, you know. Like, I wish I was more progressive. Like, I wish like I could like bolder manhood. Yeah, like be the guy that. I wish I could be the guy like in the movies that drinks and like is yeah. perfectly fine, you know, like casually drinks. But like, I've no, felt like, like a. Give me three beers and I'll be fucked up for about. I'm always in disrespect minutes. to the Irish race. Three is my limit. When I hit like three beers in quick succession, boom, boom, boom. I'm always like, all right, I need a minute, or I need a water, or I need to chill for a second, and then I could get back into it in a couple minutes. But I got no tolerance. I never have, and it, it was great for my budget. I'm sure throughout spending money on booze, but it hasn't helped me make any friends or remember any situations. <laughs> so this is my personal perspective but i i feel like in high school that i was like always the curator like i always found somebody Mm. to get something from like alcohol wise you know because i was the one that fucking drove around to get that fucking plate head i don't know if you're familiar with that was the guy's nickname 
Yeah. Oh he had a man. His head and he was over twenty one and he buy people uh, alcohol for a fee. I I would just have to go drive. Uh, dude, to be honest, I don't think so. I but I I probably yeah. threw him some cash, but he was. Bill and Kate, like, I guess uh, that was the hookup. Okay. Like, one day, and like, <laughs> I got the yeah. So I was like, I texted him, and I was, I, I would be like, hey man, can you, can I pick you up and take you here? Yeah. Because he didn't drive. Classic situation, <laughs> honestly. Which fucking makes me cringe now that <laughs> I said it out loud. Um, but he would, I, I pick him up on fucking like next to the square, drive down to the beer distributor, get it. And drive him back to the fucking yeah. square and just drive the fucking Chuck's house. And dude, were you ever there when we uh, robbed the um, golf course? I was there course? one time for the golf course, but I, I knew it went on a little bit more than the one time I was there. Dude, that's that's like a whole thing, dude. Like I, that, like still blows my mind. Like looking at it now, like fucking fifteen, fifteen, yeah, fifteen years later, is like. That's so funny. Those are the stories, dude. I always say this to everyone we graduated with. Like, when we branched out after high school into the world, and like we tell these stories about like just the stupid stuff we did, even at parties or just reckless stuff like that, even outside of partying. It always seems like people think I'm exaggerating, and I kind of let them think that because I I almost feel embarrassed a little bit sometimes after telling these stories about how crazy these situations were. Like, but Dude, I'm on the same I, I do have a pretty interesting story for how I used to get booze too. This involves Derek Smith. I hope Derek Smith's out there somewhere listening to this. I sent him the links to oh it, but I don't think God. he listens to it. I text him, dude. I text him all the not all the time, but like every yeah. fucking couple months. And I don't know if it's the right Damn. number or not, but I never ah. get anything back. But uh, so. Well, Go I hope ahead you're out your there somewhere, Derek. I hope you're doing all right. But when he lived back in wherever it was he lived, we used to meet the like Wap Wallace or some it? shit like that. Yeah, Lily, Lily, something Lily like that, Lace? right? I don't know what it Lily something Lily Cadley. Like he lived out there, just back in those woods, and I lived kind of back in mm-hmm. the woods a little bit less, but in Glen Lyon. Dude, you lived in the yeah, fucking the, the, hills the, I, I kind of the cooler woods here than mine. We'll get into that another time. Different topic. Uh, online. Dude, cool. But oh, yeah, yeah. since he was like way out that way, for he would always hit me up and be like, hey, I'll pick you up. You want to do something? And it inevitably led to, all right, well, it's fun driving around, but let's get some booze. <laughs> and the struggle always at that age is getting the booze. But um, what was this kid's name? Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank Cappy. you. Kyle Cappy. Was this little tiny. This kid could have been more than like 12. Or if he was older, he was like Andy Milanakis disease. I'm pretty sure that kid's 12 today. This kid is, seriously, he was just like the littlest kid, man. It was so crazy, smoking cigarettes and shit. And he'd be like, you need booze? I get you booze. And we're like, what are you talking about? He's like, he gave us a bottle of booze one time. And then we were like, yo, we texted him like, can you get some more? And he got us a couple more bottles. And finally, we are like, how the, like, how are you getting this stuff? And he let us in. He was like, all right, well, don't tell anybody, but um, I'm stealing it one of the bowling alleys in town that has now shut down. Um, and we were like, no way. He's like, yeah, dude, they leave this side door unlocked. You just walk up the, uh, the little wooden stairs and there's these like side, like gymnasium doors, those opening doors, with the little push bars and the one doesn't lock. So they just put a little yeah. chain link thing on it there at night. But if you just push the doors, you could slide in. 
And we were like, there, there's no. So he, we drove him okay. over there. He did it, hopped in, went in, came back out with the bottles. We got the bottles, went to Derek's house, got crazy drunk. But inevitably, we were like, yo, we got to go in there. We got to see what this is about. It's not enough <laughs> to be an accessory to robbery. We've got to get in there. You know <laughs> we mean? have to do it. Jesus. I don't know what we were thinking. But we're like, I didn't yeah, know we, you were I used to sleep over his like house. That, this, this was probably just for a period of a couple months, but I would sleep over probably once a week and we would get like super hammered the night before and then have to go to school. And my mom would, I was just telling my mom sleeping over there and we'd get really drunk and have to go to school the next morning and we'd be hung over or we'd end up skipping school and go really? to like Pizza Hut buffet or something. Yeah, yeah, that was God, a fun damn, little period. I didn't know that. It didn't last very long, but that was definitely a fun little time. Um, but yeah, dude, so we would, um, we were like, all right, we got to get in there. We got to see what this is about. And I, I believe there was one other person with us, and I don't want to throw him under the cart. So I won't say who I think it was, but uh, I believe there was one. Who? I'll say who I think it is. No, I don't think it was Mark. Mark Anthony? I don't think it was Mark. I, maybe it was Mark. I wish Mark was here to verify that right. for me. I actually think it was. Uh, Initials B, Jason, if that helps. Okay, so I, anyway, I, know I was like, there's no, yeah. there, there's no way we could just kind of let this kid go in. We got to go in there. And the next time we picked him up, we're like, all right, we're going to go in with you. He's like, fuck it, come on. It's a crazy little kid. So we all just get in line, run up the little side stairs, go inside. And, dude, it just led to this little um, side door of the bowling alley. It's the bowling alley with all the lanes and the lights were out. So... I, I'm familiar with the bowling alley, and I know it had that little bridge. Yes, that not that side, the other side the by the cemetery. Okay, so I'm, uh, yeah. I'm at the cemetery and there was looking at wooden, the building. There were these wooden stairs that went okay. up to this one door on like the second or third floor, however high up it was. Is it like the left, the left side, side of the, the building? Side closest the right to where they building? built that like beer distributor place now. Okay. Closer yes, to the inner, yeah, it was that yeah, door the right there. The stairs are torn down now. There's no more stairs there, but those stairs okay. used to lead to that door, which opened. And it just, I think it led right into the bowling alley room. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird because it was dark, but there were still like those overhead lights in the lanes. And it was really creepy. And then um, Cappy just leads us right behind the bar. And dude, there's a whole, it's just exactly the situation you would think it was. It's a bar full of liquor. And it's like, we, we, like a bar as in like they were is it like brand new well, bottles it was or the, like stock or it was the or bottles like at the they, bar. They were Yeah, a few of them were half, half drank. We would try to take ones yeah, obviously that, okay, that were okay, more okay. full. If it was like an gotcha. empty bottle, like all right, we're gonna leave that one. And there's no way these people weren't noticing that like we're taking the bottles right from the bar. Which in hindsight was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. But that was the first and last time everyone in there, so I'm not really sure how that went down. But we we're in there. We're just grabbing as many bottles right. as we can hold. And then I remember we took we took the the uh, giant glass yeah. jar of uh, beef jerky, <laughs> which was so good. That thing lasted probably about oh, two days. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, but we got booze that way one time, and uh, that place shut down later. So I feel comfortable telling the story. And they also found that it was a grow up, which I wish I knew at the time because we were in there after dark, and there's almost surely giant plants that we missed out. Yeah. On. But that was like after was it was that like, how it went? Oh. wasn't it? <laughs> I, dude, I don't know, dude. Uh, I mm. heard about it. In the I wasn't around that area yeah. at that time, so I don't really either. But man, I uh, I don't think I've told many people that story. Hopefully, it's pretty well under wraps. 
Yeah. Dude, the first time I ever hung out with Derek, I think I met yeah. him through Jimerson. But it was me, Jimerson. I think you were there. Eddie, 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 Eddie Berkowitz. I think he was there. The Juretta. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember. Uh, The only thing I remember is Derek driving that little red uh, Fiat. Not a Fiat. Fiesta? Ford Fiesta. That's (laughs) what it was. The little red Ford Fiesta. That was like way too small for his big ass. Yeah, and he, we were driving to his house, and I was staying over, and we were going to get fucked up. And he's like, get ready for the jump. Dude. And he fucking pins it, dude. And we're doing probably like 70, but it's the engine, yeah. a little engine, but it's loud as fuck, so you think you're doing 200 miles an hour. And, uh, dude, he hits his fucking like, speed bump or whatever, dude, and fucking, and like, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? He's like, that's the jump, dude. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. But, uh we ended up going to his house and um, it, we ended up getting, we were just in his room, dude. And we were just drinking and getting fucked up. And his mom or dad would come in and be like, what are you guys doing? And he'd be like, nothing. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay. And that was it. Like, like as we're fucking wrecked. And uh, I remember he had this chest of where he kept his alcohol. And he's like, he's like, watch this. And he's fucking wrecked. Oh, and he just man. starts headbutting this chest. And he fucking <laughs> broke through it. And I was, and like I said, dude, it was the first time I ever hung out with okay. him. And I was, oh, Chuck was there. That's who it was. And uh, I was like, what the no, fuck? Isn't it crazy? I was actually, like, this is my people. Again, we can <laughs> <Like>, tomorrow. <laughs> when I was with, it was me yeah. and Jimerson one time as well in his room drinking. And, uh, we we knew that if you like fuck with Derek and you're like you won't do it you won't do it he'll be like no nah, yeah I will so he, there was this full it. bottle of fifth yeah. the Jose Cuervo I th- a fifth is like the big bottle right I'm so beer and alcohol illiterate yeah dude I don't what, yeah, I don't know the, the, people the, call it not like the huge handle. one but the good size one you get if you're going out to a party the one you shouldn't drink by yourself yeah 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 the one that you're not Jim's supposed like, to hug yeah watch this <laughs> it's like Derek you won't drink that whole bottle. And I'm like, yeah, you fuck you guys. Watch this. Takes the bottle of Jose Corvo and dude just straight up chugs it top to doesn't even pull it from his lips. Like didn't do the slow breathing thing either. Just chugged it. And we were like, man, yeah. he's a big dude. And like he can drink. We've seen him drink a lot, but this is gonna be bad. And he uh definitely blacked out, but he was laying on his bed at one point, and dude, he just starts puking projectile vomiting onto his floor because he couldn't get up to the window. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to grab a shoebox and fill it with his <laughs> oh, Do you remember the time? This just made me think of it. Do you remember yeah. the time at Danielle's house that girl was dating when he also threw up on you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. dude, that was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude, I was pissed, so pissed, but I was so drunk, I couldn't, like, get, like, the energy to, like, blast it. Dude, dude, do you remember that night? No, wait, the, what? The stripper? Yeah, dude, we, we fucking went to the St. Patrick's Day parade, we, we got house fucked up, out. and then her sister's, no, her sister's brother, her sister's boyfriend. Kurt. Took us to this fucking random house. Yeah, it was me, you, and Derek. Yeah, 
and it was somebody's birthday and they hired a stripper dude and they're like we were in this garage and they're like who who wants a strip club and she like i'm not even part of this group people might have paid for you no dude did the chair remember the story at all I dude. do remember that. Okay, the chair broke, dude. This fucking chair broke. That's what I was getting to. So she's like, points to me. She's like, you want to, you want to strip dance? And I'm like, okay. So it's like this little plastic outdoor uh, chair, and I sit on it, and she starts fucking grinding up on me. One of the legs fucking shoot up. And I, I do was remember that you on the floor laughing, dude. Where that was in my memory, but I remember that. Yeah, and. Yeah, and then we ended up fucking. I yeah, think people were I pissed that. that I ended up getting dance because it wasn't my fucking. Yeah, but it, yeah, at the end of the night, we go back to Danielle's house. Me and Derek are in the bed. <laughs> he just fucking looks over at me and fucking pukes all over my fucking arm. So unnecessary. So unnecessary, Derek. Yeah. No. But he had that stupid ass hat. The cat in the hat, but it from was that. green. Dude, if white. I could find the pictures from that day, those are the most gold. He's just shit faced from eight a.m. from six a.m. Whatever time it was, we woke up on. He was. Remember, we went down that like dirt road to like start pre gaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude, her dad's we were truck. in like a pickup truck or something, and I was like, "Dude, I'm." Dude, it was the first. That was the first time I ever went to state. That might have been my Saint first Patty's time as well. Remember, um, Derek ran in the parade. Uh, but I was. He ran up and touched the truck. He like. No. He said he had to. Yeah, he ran up, touched the truck, and ran back. <laughs> Just ran back. <laughs> um, but what was fuck? What was I gonna say? Uh, but yeah, dude, that was crazy. And uh, there was one other story I wanted to. I wanted to tell. Fuck, what was yeah. it? I've got to see. It'll come back to me. But yeah, the, oh, those pictures. Of St. Patty's Day? probably on my Facebook. Oh, we can find those then. Those are gold, man. I definitely yeah. want to. I haven't been on my Facebook. I got to check that out. That's probably a good, good call on your part. There was one. Oh, there's, yeah. we're probably going to tell the same story. Hopefully, this is yeah. the one you have in mind. Does it involve Derek Smith? God, man, we got to get. So before I forget, I don't this remember. Idea, we got to do like a. a Led party legends of party past podcast where we do a separate one with Clarissa King, Steve Shifka, and one with Ryan Burnt where they all talk about having parties at their collective Bro, houses. That's, that's oh, that's that's the story I wanted to tell. That is the story I wanted to tell. Um, but to to answer your not question, um, but yeah, dude, that's basically all I do is talk about all the fucking retarded shit that I did that <laughs> yeah, nobody else wants to basically admit, but. I don't, there's only fucking, dude, there's legit five people that listen to this, and I don't know who the five people are. I imagine it's the one person that I'm uh, talking to, and then probably, uh, I I send it to like 10 people, so I don't know who the five people are. Shout out (laughs) to the five people, Thank you, fans. I I will admit I'm not Um, every one of them, but I'm I'm about three quarters of them. Life happens. That's that's, that's okay, man. Like I said, I do it because it, it... Dude, it entertains me, and I get the fucking. Sure. I listen to them back because I edit them, and then I come up with the intro and whatever. <laughs> so, dude, they fucking crack me. It's therapeutic, up I'm sure, in some kind of way. Uh, um, dude, like I listen to them, and when I laugh, when I'm talking <laughs> to the person, I laugh at the exact same That's time, great. the exact same way. So, I, like, it's real trippy. Um, 
But to yes. follow up on your story, are we talking about the time? No, I was going to just bring up, up one quick story and do that. But I hope you laugh very hard at this later and remember it. Were you in the truck when we went down to Ocean City with Derek when we picked him up in the morning? Oh, uh, that time going to senior week, Derek was, know. we picked him up at like, I remember it was in Danielle's truck again. We picked him up to go down there. I think you were in the car because I definitely, you were there with us. I remember we, we blocked yeah. out the window. Yeah. So we had anyway, there's, there was this, we went back. to uh, uh, some field we pulled over at the P and Derek was, dude, to start off, we picked Derek up at seven in the morning. This dude's drinking Malibu Lose or something like that from the Tech Nine song. <laughs> yeah okay i just need to stop you real quick do you remember he stayed yes. under the stairs no way, like harry fucking potter that whole fucking time like harry potter <laughs> he came out he would come out get fucking shit faced and go back I remember in. put a banana like, in he, he was I'm not sure it was you the who whole put fucking time <laughs> but <laughs> I remember I fucking was eating cereal and I was fucked up and I fucking ended up like tossing it all over the kitchen and ended up blaming Anano. And he was like, in the morning, they were like, Darren, why'd you throw cereal all over the place? And he's like, I don't know, man. I was Just to come out. full circle. And I was like, that was me at yes. Steve's house, you like, piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, yeah. No, but, uh, dude, Karma's a that- thing. Yeah, yeah. So that whole trip is kind of frustration. We just did the back end of how the front end was. This dude was probably blacked out from the time we picked him up. He was just the most fun kid to have around. We stopped in a field and he we we're like, All right, Derek, we're just gonna get out and pee and these bushes were like they were like tumbleweeds, like really high up. It was a lot of like grain everywhere. And I just remember him booking into the field and you'd see his head bobbing up and down because he was running so hard, bobbing up and down. And that was nowhere just stops. <laughs> He just disappears, and we're like, oh, okay. Guess he fell. You start yelling, it's Derek, Derek, come out. It's okay. No response. So we all, as a search party, had to go through these grain fields and, like, weed through him and find this guy passed out on the ground in the middle of the weed field. Get him back to the car. He gets in the car. And, yeah, yeah, we found him. He's passed out. He's like, I'm sure Was he's, he passed like, out? Did you find broken him? leg in a football game, carried him off. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? Dude, like, you're dude, just running and, like, your brain yeah, shuts off. Like, that's good. it. But do you remember the best? I'm pretty sure it was you who tried to take him into the bathroom. Said he had to go to the bathroom later on the trip. And I think it was, like, a, a Boston market or something. We went in, and I thought it was you who took him into the bathroom, and he just pissed all over the entire bathroom. And they you, they came out and they were like, "This, I'm gonna kill him! I'm gonna kill him!" And you just like, I'm pretty sure you just threw him on the ground, like, crap! And like, I'm gonna kill him. He just pissed all over the entire fucking place. We just got into the car and hightailed it out of there. But I, I thought it was you, maybe Steve. I can't be sure. Somebody was super duper yeah, mad at him do. for just literally this guy. They said he pissed all over the walls. It was like that scene in a uh, Dumb and Dumber. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but our drunk friend pissed in a Boston market. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, the the story about me get dude, I legit I think I had alcohol poisoning. Um but I think about it a lot, dude, because 
We were at Burnt House and Billy Lawson, I want to say, was the only one that had his permit because he was driving somebody's car in front of Burnt House yeah. and trying to park it or something. And he, he had cool that uh, Mitsubishi. That Joel was jealous of. <laughs> that dope one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we're dude like coming full circle again i remember uh caitlin showed up with kira because i want to say joel was dating kira at the time and you guys had a ton of fucking weed and i remember looking at this like mountain i'm looking at this mountain of broken up weed and i'm like i don't smoke but that's a lot of weed and like somebody i want to say it might have been bill lawson that was like this is like less harmful to you than uh than alcohol is and i was like yeah fucking right that was but some like, advanced dude, nowadays, foresight I'm yeah like, he's probably fucking right dude and like i said i think about it all the fucking time dude i think about it all the time because like if i smoke i'm like fucked up dude, for a few hours, joke. i'm like only three this, that is this really hurting hungry, me? happy and sleepy like, and that's you know? it sometimes you get a little anxious because it comes. I think of that fucking thing but too. I'm telling you, that beats the hangover every time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like you hours get function later. fucking <laughs> the next day or fucking hours later. <laughs> or on it, but I prefer not to do that. Um, but what was I going to say? Yeah, Caitlin showed up and I. I don't remember what happened, but dude, I just started drinking liquor, like, straight out of the bottle. It was green, oh, it was green yeah. and red pucker. I remember that, and I was, like, fucking bottoms up, and I remember you had these fucking glasses on, sitting on a beanbag, and you're like, oh, I'm juggling, okay. and, and I remember I was fucking, I was wrecked, dude, and I remember I was on my hands and knees trying to crawl out the fucking door. Yeah. Because uh, I was about to throw up, and I think I puked on like he, he had like a little linoleum <laughs> outline to the door, and I think I threw up on that. And then my dad fucking showed up out of nowhere. I don't know who, who the fuck I'm touching him, but he's like, "Let's fucking go!" And he fucking picked me up, dude. I was so wrecked. I remember I was in the passenger seat and I opened up the door to puke out the side, but Jesus. he was driving down fucking middle road doing fifty. <laughs> At the time, but he didn't. He told me like the next day, and I remember I just threw up the whole night at my at my mom's house. But <laughs> um, that was the um the alcohol poisoning was pretty far ahead of its time too. I I think it's hilarious. I had alcohol poisoning with Bill Lawson once or twice in the woods when I was like thirteen. I was gonna say, I think you had yeah, it. I think yeah. you talked about it twice, but it's like, how do you know? I'm pretty sure like, our young body probably can deal with alcohol regardless. Alcohol whatever, <laughs> we were but... probably getting. Yeah, that's or true. I drank more than fucking retarded amounts that we were drinking. Yeah, dude. I don't... <laughs> Even though I'm drinking right now, just because it makes me enjoy. I'm the interested podcast to hear how I sound in the beginning I don't because I definitely came on the podcast way higher than I intended. Yeah, I ate two gummies, and then they set in type yeah, situation. Okay. Dude, you know Yeah, as much as I can. I prefer them. They're really um, nice. You fuck with edibles? At all? Yeah, I haven't fucked with them. Oh, dude, you got to. It's uh, it's it's not even like a... At all. Either or. Like, it's it's two totally different experiences. 
It's um, yeah, yeah. I I don't want to get too scientific because I'm definitely out of my. And smoking it from heard, and I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Um, that the your body breaks the edibles down differently in some kind of way than when you smoke the THC. So it is actually a different experience for your body. It's uh, they they say like the way it breaks it down. Yeah. It's if you do too much edibles, it's almost kind of like tripping because your body's experiencing it in in this kind of way that doesn't happen as strongly when you smoke it. I'll say the the first time I tried to do it, I had that experience really? where like I didn't feel it. So the second time I was I was in college, Misericordia, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, I was at the lacrosse house. I don't know if you ever was ever at the lacrosse house, but the field house, and they uh they had um the, my friends made brownies and I ate one and I didn't feel it after like a half hour and I'm like not gonna happen again to me. Not gonna be sucker. <laughs> Let me get another one of them. <laughs> Ate the second one, <laughs> mind you. Yeah, dude, mind you. Also, smoking. If it's bombs, free, give me three. This process they're going around, and about an hour later, man, that first one set in, and I was feeling pretty crazy. And the second one set in, and I remember having the bong in my hand, and my buddy was like, "Hey, man, you gonna pass that?" And I was like, "Yep." He's like, "You didn't hit it." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> Just gave it like right to the next person. And and I remember I was sitting there, and uh, the one kid, uh, I guess names don't matter, but Don was there, and uh, he was just staring at me. And I remember staring at him, and I started looking down, and I remember feeling like waves of heat coming out of my ball sack, dude, straight up into my body and down my legs. Like there was some epicenter of the universe in the ball sack, and there was these heat waves permeating out of there into the rest of my body. And you can imagine how crazy that experience sounds. So I was sitting there just like out of my mind, not knowing what to do. And I remember they were talking to me and mid-sentence, I just stood up, didn't say a word. And I just walked out of the house. I couldn't talk. So I left. I went home. When I got home, I sat there for a while, just like in bed, trying to like calm down. And then I got immediately super duper hungry, dude. And I ate more food than I probably ever eaten in my life. You know those big glass mixing bowls that they do in movies where they fill it with cereal? I, I did one of those of uh, like store brand Lucky Charms, so they were actually yeah. gross. And then I remember making um, um, English muffin pizzas, like four <laughs> English muffin pizzas with broccoli and ricotta cheese on <laughs> And then I made what I consider to be homemade Dunkaroos because I took Nutella and a bunch of animal crackers and ate those until I passed out on my own couch. But, dude, I woke up in the middle of the night and was puking up um, the, all the food, and all I could taste was the Nutella. And I didn't eat Nutella for, like, two or three years after that. <laughs> Bro, like, when it, okay, so a couple things. When I smoke, dude, like, it's I, – I had a little pipe that I got given to me, and I would, like, take a hit, and then, like, I would get so fucking high – yeah. And I'm like, I don't understand how people like smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke. So like, dude, when I take like even one hit, dude, I immediately, not immediately, but like after 20 minutes, dude, I start thinking like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is reality? Yeah, what the fuck is heavy. the purpose of life? And dude, I don't want to think about that. I just want to fucking relax. And I'm like, yeah, dude. but I'm like, I, there's, it's no matter the amount that I smoke, dude, it's even if I take like a little fucking puff. Yeah, I'm like immediately start thinking about that, and I'm like, "Fuck, I fucking hate 
I hate this. And then I, I'm like, inevitably, the I next day, I'm like, I've never yeah, gotten past happen. that if it gives you any but um, I don't, like relief. <laughs> that's that's still happens have to that. me every time, too. <laughs> but it, it's like I don't enjoy it. But like after like I start thinking about like what is life, what is fucking reality, and I start telling myself like you're just high, yeah. just fucking get, just fucking hold it down for a few minutes and you'll be good. And then I start thinking, what if, what if I die? What if, what if this is it? What if I smoke this and I die? And then I start telling myself, yeah. like, you're not going to fucking die. You're just high. And I like, hold on for another couple minutes and you'll be I, good. And then that's when I start feeling okay. And like, but I don't know. I don't know how people function high, dude. It like freaks me out. Like, I don't know. Just the fact that I, well, I, I, like haven't done it as much as other I people. I definitely think there's what? some barriers I don't know how people take like multiple fucking huge bond hits. Bill Bill Lawson told me that um like if he smokes regardless he, he if he smoked weed for the past ten years he takes a couple rips off of his little pipe and he's just as high every single time. There's no like tolerance build up for him like he doesn't experience that. And I don't know if if it's a matter of like different from person to person or if it's just a matter of kind of become satiated and, and you kind of get used to it like if you drink beer you probably get used to drinking beer after a while and you can drink more like a tolerance like anything else but there's definitely you're not the first person to tell me that so i think yeah. there is something that's what i'm saying yeah. that i think people really kind of can maintain that pretty low tolerance but on top of that i want to say that regardless of like i definitely consider my tolerance higher now but even so that first 20 minute experience is always like no matter what i do it's always just this incredible incredible head rush and like out of out of where i want it to go experience like almost too intense too intense is the perfect way to put it and it it, it happens to me every single time regardless and what i always i always the the only consolation i have with everybody I, it's a trick i told myself I'm sorry. is the 20 minute rule. i think we talked about this it's like there's a 20 minute rule where if i say okay if you're still thinking you're gonna die yeah, or your heart yeah, yeah. rate's not beating or you're just having these like sweaty out of body experiences in 20 minutes i will personally take you to the hospital but like it, at the end of 20 minutes you always settle down into like some kind of calm groove or something else happens to get your mind off of it right i i set a timer yeah, like dude i'll smart. fucking take a hit and then fucking start a timer and that's how i know um how long has it been oh my goodness but dude that was like fucking last week dude i was high for like seven <laughs> hours is that the, the crazy stuff you're telling me about and i'm like this is too much yeah. like, i don't want to do this some different stronger stuff probably i don't know what you're talking about the bud was just stronger than you expected effectively <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, dude, it's fucking crazy. Oh, dude. um, Yeah. So I got some dude to uh, hook me up with some mushrooms that he grows himself. And uh, I haven't done them. um, But um, I'm not. Right. So I did the ayahuasca thing months ago. And then everybody, like, it's like everybody's done mushrooms, but not. DMT or ayahuasca or whatever, but I've done ayahuasca, but not the mushroom. So I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be not as intense. I will definitely say from thing, not experienced, but, but just listening I'm definitely to fucking nervous you talk about, about it. it. You telling me about it and then listening to you kind of detailing it on the podcast. It, it sounds like that experience versus my mushroom experience was significantly more intense. Um, 
I maybe the most mushrooms I've ever did was I did an eighth one time and that was the entirely too much for me. And even then I basically was just glued on the couch, like having crazy visuals and uh, just shit looking and feeling crazy and sounding crazy, but it wasn't this like transformative experience in any kind of way, really. So I'm sure you could have that with mushrooms if you really amped it up. But I think what you're coming from that experience, the kind of what you're going to be diving into at least dosage wise, I I think it's going to be like kind of a a more relaxing, fun thing for you Mm -hmm. rather than the intense can't control it experience. Yeah, so like I said, the dude grows them himself. He's super mm. cool. And then he said, like, it takes about five hours for the whole thing, beginning to finish. And then he's like, he gave me, yeah. like, advice. He's like, just fucking sit in your bed, listen to music. That's good advice. That's definitely go. something I think. I, like, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, okay. from my experience, too, yeah, I'm so sure it has gonna to do, do with dosage. But acid's a little bit stronger. I, I think with acid, you want to do that with somebody else, or at least I do, just for that, like, comfort. But I think when you're just dabbling with some mushrooms, I, I think that's a perfectly suitable. Just do it by yourself. Like, yeah. do something you know is going to be relaxing so you don't have to have that fear of whatever you're anxious about going in. Like, no one's going to see you in your bed. You're not going to be at risk of any kind of way or anything. So I, I think it would be a great start point. And then, like I told you, my I always end up um, outside because I just I, – I like it, especially when stuff looks cool and sounds cool and smells even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Being outside is just, yeah. But I don't even like being outside high. Is like, it the I anxiety like of being little, out, like the fear kind of element? Like just watching fucking TV, like stinking. Dude, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like I am a product of the media yeah. saying like drugs are bad. You should never do drugs. Blah blah blah. But. It's like I get so fucking yeah. anxiety. I get some so much anxiety if I if I. Am I agree. High Even like people, other that people I know, know that I'm high. Like, like that makes me weed. so They know I'm high. I feel a little uncomfortable around them. <laughs> some that, but uh, I, I, dude, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, yeah. and I think that um, w- there's one person I envy specifically. It's it's Joel. He he doesn't seem to have any of that like. Like, Joel will just do mushrooms and go sit in a park and stare at a tree for an hour. And, like, not give a fuck that anyone's, like, going by riding bikes or kids are playing in the grass next to him or something like that. And, like, that's the attitude I think you need kind of to really dive deep into these experiences. And I just have never been able to let go of that, like, social anxiety and worry enough to really dive into that experience like that. I, I just feel like, dude, like it's like uh, Ted, <laughs> Ted 2, where he's like, this weed's called Help Me Get Home. And it's like, can you help me get home? I feel like, dude, if that, that I leave well my apartment, case, I'm never going to be I, able I, to get I, back. You'd be all right eventually. And I don't think you yeah. have like um, this almost drunk experience where you wouldn't realize where you're at. You would very much know like, all right, here's where I am and I, I'm in this place. But stuff might look a little crazy. I remember uh, one time I was at a – and uh, – I was on acid and looking, just looking out his front door and was really kicking in. And the house across the street just started, um, like shrinking, like breathing with the earth, dude. And I remember thinking, Oh my goodness, here it goes. <laughs> but I was also in this like safe space with Joel and, and like, I, I wasn't having any <laughs> that worry. So I think if it was like sunny, it was also nighttime, which was nice. But if I was like out on the porch or out on the street, looking at this house, it might not have been as enjoyable. 
But it's like, <laughs> I, I don't trust myself yeah. to get where I need yeah, to go either. Like, I'm not going to fucking risky. drive while I'm fucked up, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure people can do it. I follow but on Instagram, own. strangely enough, who lives out in Phoenix. I don't know how I came across it, but he's one of those, like, third-eye guys, always just meditating and shit. But he'll always puts like, these stories where he'll just, like, show a couple of hits of acid or shrooms, and then, like, he does them. And then he'll show himself, like, skateboarding around or just, like, walking around Phoenix for hours. <laughs> it's, yeah, and I'm like, man, that seems like such a cool experience. I would almost surely die from sunburn. Yeah. But it seems cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, before we forget, we definitely we have to do those party legend podcasts. Legends of Party Past or whatever you want to call it. Uh, dude, that's what I. That's, I want to get. Like I said, that's all. I want to get the hosts. Though, I think that'll bring like a that lot more perspective. Like, we probably have these like I crazy just, stories, but imagine like being Clarissa or being Ryan or being Steve. Oh, dude! Like Burnt is <laughs> a first name guy. No, Ryan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so funny is that the best you know what's so funny to I don't know Ryan. I'm so glad Joe Hart's not a girl because if he got married I would still call him Joe Hart full name forever I just can't say Joe for some reason I just say his full name Joe Hart <laughs> yeah okay fair but yeah still I like that I say Joey Hart <laughs> like I throw the Y in there um but yeah, I know what I'm saying. It's like there's been multiple times where I've stayed at Chuck's house because, like I said, dude, I don't like getting fucked up and driving because I I got yes, okay. oh dude, fuck. yes, that's a story I want to tell. So we were talking about that teacher, right? Full circle. So the frat house I was Nanny fucked Coke. up at the frat house in Nanny Coke. Oh, uh, they call it the frat house. <laughs> I, I I don't think Mark I've Anthony and uh, Cameron Cox's house. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that makes man. Anyway, yeah, so Chad, we would give it Chad. was Mark, Cameron Cox, and then Chad Shuttle. Uh, the, yeah, rest in peace. Um, so <laughs> I got fucking way too drunk. I did things that I don't want to talk about, but I ended up driving. I was naked. Ended up driving. And I ended up crashing on Main Street into that teacher's. No way. Uh, what a coincidence! The handrail that goes up to her house. Did she? Did she know it was you? Yeah, I know, right? Okay. Wow. Did you tell her? <laughs> yeah. Like after the fact. But like, I didn't fucking knock on her door and like, hey, smashing yeah. your shit, dude. I fucking drove away. My car ended up being totaled. Like, I ended up driving it from Main Street. And I, so I was going, like, I was leaving town. And I, yeah. it was like right Kajiesco. at that CVS intersection. And yeah, that intersection. <laughs> so slammed left, fucking threw it in reverse, went the opposite direction. And I ended up. Beaching oh, wow. my car okay. at the beer distributor <laughs> in the little fucking grass. It was told, what, did you go like get it later or something? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was a heroic mission. As, yeah. as fucked up as I was. Dude, my parents didn't even, like, I didn't even live in Manicoke at the time. I don't know where I was going. So I ended up going to my house that I lived in in Manicoke, <laughs> but nobody was there, obviously, but I'm sitting there fucking on the door. That's a wild open thing. It. And it's not the first time that's happened either. It was the second time. Um, yeah, dude, it's like 4 a.m. And I, so I go to my neighbor's house and she recently just passed away. Um, but old, old, old lady, probably in her 80s, 90s. Already just pounding on her door. She <laughs> opens the door. She's fully dressed because it's 4 a.m. and that's what little people do. And uh, yeah, dude, and like it smells like old people in her house. And I'm like, fuck. But I fucking sat down and I like, right before I passed out, I like reached for my phone and I fucking pulled up my phone and opened it and <laughs> like hit my dad and I was moment. like, tell my dad where I am and like handed it to her and like Send I passed out me. and next thing I know my dad's like shaking me awake. Yeah. And then, yeah, my dad ended up fucking um, picking me up and I remember the sun was coming up. He called the tow truck to get it towed to like down by Dream Whip and he's like, stay in the fucking car. And, uh, because yeah. if they have any suspicion of somebody drinking and driving, then they have to call the cops. So he fucking went and talked to the tow guy and fucking said to tow it to wherever. And I was like three set. I had the door open. I remember I was getting pissed. So I pulled the door open. And then I had Ooh. this like thought of like, no, this is not what you're supposed to do. So I shut the door and like sat there. And um, yeah, but I ended up not. I ended up having to pay, like my insurance paid for the damage yeah. to our house and everything. So that was that. Mm-hmm. So nothing crazy, but I was like, dude, that's why I don't fucking, I don't, I don't get fucked up and drive, dude. It's irresponsible. Yeah. It's like they try and tell you in high school or whatever, middle as a child, and then it's like it takes no, you a little. Right. Like, I don't want to put anybody else's life at risk. For me being fucking stupid. They can tell you that stupid. when you're that young, but it doesn't really mean anything. The, there's so many stupid drunk driving mm-hmm. stories we could tell, right? I'm Derek Smith driving back right. to his house through those um, breakneck turns, dude, going 70 around <laughs> like oh, midnight. Man. Like, what if a deer came out one of those times? <laughs> you know? I crashed. T- uh, sorry, Tila. I'm not even sure if I ever paid for this. Dude, I what crashed if? Tila McNulty's car one time up in uh, Dallas, like my freshman year in college. And we were driving around, almost assuredly, of some sort, but, uh, we were arguing as well, and I remember just going really quick around this turn, hitting the side, and like the side of her car got fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. The guy, I remember, dude, I remember the cop came and he was like, "How fast were you going?" I was, you know, I looked, I saw the speed limit, I said twenty five. I was like, "I was only going twenty five. And he's like, "That's crazy that there's all these like uh, brake marks all over the road." We're talking about Tila and her car. Yes. Oh, so um. I I guess to recap, I was driving. We probably were having a few drinks that night, or just arguing like college kids do. And I remember we came quick around a turn, and their side of her car got like all side of it. It was like a little hill, and uh, I remember when the cop came, he was like, "How fast are you going?" And I remember seeing the speed limit sign said twenty five, so I said, "I was going twenty 
five, officer. He goes, that's so weird that there's all these, like, burnout brake marks all over the road here. <laughs> and I, I didn't really have a good response for that. I said, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> so I'm not sure he bought the story or not either way. <laughs> right, he really said that? Yeah, dude, he really did. He was like super sarcastic about it. <laughs> I remember. No, I that. mean, but your response. Yeah, yeah, had nothing. <laughs> yeah dude, man, I... that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had That's something good. better to say. Uh, I don't think. I, so, I think my mom may have paid Tila's mom, so hopefully this whole thing is right. But Let's what just put that in there. The, what? what? Oh yeah, no, we, we no, we didn't get in trouble. We got put in the back. Of, I don't think he even suspected anything. He just put us in the back of the cop car and took us um back. Misericordia and that Misericordia Tila's mom picked her up, and I'm pretty sure we broke up shortly after that. That makes sense. Yeah, it was one of those things, you know. <laughs> it's hard to come back from that. Sex with her mom. You would have. Hell yeah. No, dude. No, nah. That's a hard no for me. I'm not even... I wish I could be funny and say, yeah, but that's a hard no. Really? Hell yeah. No. Uh, not... For, oh, dude. I don't know. Maybe because I saw her, like, more and closer up. <laughs> me me and Tila went to daycare together. So our mom... Dude, maybe that. Who, Dude, we might be going somewhere deep with this. Uh, so Tila's mom would pick her up from daycare. And, like, I'd fucking just... That's when I would see her. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking weird. Maybe what happened is there's some Freudian plot twist about how that was your ideal of a mom, so you secretly had a crush on her. Bro. You know? Bro, okay, so I smoked like five minutes ago, so this is really fucking me up. (laughs) Hit me. (laughs) Freak me out, man. That's deep, brother. (laughs) Yeah, it's that settling in time now. So, dude, let's What's the purpose of life here on Earth? You ever think about that? I think... <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Fuck that. Uh, I think we're in a simulation, dude. Do you really believe that? I think... Dude, I've seen the other fucking side of the curtain. There's fucking people Ugh. that know what they're doing, dude. The mechanical elves are real. Whatever. Dude, uh, this is so funny you say that. So one of the, I wrote down a couple talking points that I want to talk about here, and we talked about none of them. But there is one thing that I think is kind of funny that will come full circle. I was watching this show called Hate Thy Neighbor. It's about Vice. It's by Viceland or Vice, whatever you want to call it. They make some and, good shit. Dude, they do. And this one's hosted by this guy. It's a, he's a comedian by trade. His name's Jamali Maddox. And he goes okay. around like interviewing like all these like fringe group of people, like neo-Nazis in Pennsylvania or like um, black separatists in, um, in like Philadelphia. And just the, this one episode, he goes and he interviews these sovereign, they call themselves like sovereign persons. They're complete freedom, live in Montana. They don't even have driver's license because that would mean they're like obeying U.S. laws. And at the end of it, like at the end of each show, he kind of gives this perspective, like his take on how he feels and like meeting with everybody. And he gave this like really crazy, which I thought was a really like good example. He's like, you ever see that movie, The Matrix? And it's like they're in the simulation and like they, when they're in the simulation, there's like steak and it tastes good. And like, they're, they're kind of being bullshitted, but they're really just plugged in and then they do, they fight. And then when they get this freedom, they, they get it into the mate, like they get out of the matrix and they get free. And it's this like totally shitty place. 
where they're eating like fucking mush and like their clothes are rotted out and they're getting chased by space invaders the whole time. It's really awful. And the guy's like, I kind of think of it. What's the cost here of complete freedom? Like these people who live up in Montana, like, yeah, they, they're all free. But like this guy can't afford to go visit his son because he doesn't use U.S. money. So it's just like this idea of complete freedom, I think, is like kind of crazy. You know what's crazy, dude? I th- I always want to be a fucking monk, dude. Just yeah. fucking work out and fucking meditate all day. No yeah. fucking worldly possessions. That would be uh, just. It's, I think you would, if you did that for a day, like no, I'm sorry, like if you did that for like a week, I think you would just reach this level of understanding that most people won't get to in their lives. I just think there's such like an absence of reflection. And, um, that was my ayahuasca experience, dude. Like I, like I said, dude, I fucking seen the other side of the curtain and they told me, they told me like, you can't make a wrong decision. Like everything that I want and that I'm here for, everything that I want and need will fucking come in time, but I can't rush it. And that's the worst part that's killing me, dude. Like I, I, uh, I talk about, uh, or I've never, I've only told a few people, um, but dude, I want kids like uh, up until, uh, me and Amanda, dude, I was always against having kids. I was even against having a fucking wife, dude. I was always like, oh, I'm just going to be single forever and whatever. Yeah. But once I met Amanda, I was like, no, nah, this is the one. And then like, we started talking about having kids or whatever. And ever since then, it's like, I want to have kids and it's just about finding the right person to do it with. And I, I and that was like the reason that um, I wanted to marry or whatever. Sure. Shit. And then, like I said, I had the ayahuasca experience and it said uh, to just fucking everything's going to come in time, dude. And it's like, uh, I know I'm repeating myself, but it sent me through this fucking like test of going through my past and like not changing anything because I am on the right course. Mm, that's interesting. Some wide perspective. What's that? Some like really wide perspective, some like big picture perspective. Yeah, and it's like just fucking wait it out. Like not necessarily wait it out, but just fucking go through life. Like this is the process, you know? Yeah, that, dude, that's something I think that definitely it's permeating with me right now. And I'm sure a lot of people, um, that idea of the journey is is the experience is kind of how I think of it too. And it's like, I'm always in such a rush to get somewhere to do something that I often lose the experience that I'm having right now. I kind of talk about with, um, that's recurring in my life all the time. I always find myself having this situation where I'm looking for the next thing and I'm so hell bent on getting there or achieving this goal that the fun of any fun that I could have now kind of gets lost in that. Like if I'm someone asked me to go out to um let's oh you want to go up to the Poconos for the weekend, I'm like yeah man that sounds fun but in my head I'm thinking I'm gonna waste all this money I'm gonna be like back on all these other things I'm gonna be back on all this like I won't be trying to get with my goal so I'll foresee the fun to get where I'm trying to go and I think that that I need some kind of experience like you had with that trip to kind of give give me that experience that um that perspective that this journey, this, 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 this thing you're going through is really what you need to learn to enjoy because wherever you're going in, and it's something that I think you could, for myself, not to sound like crazy spiritual, but I think anyone can look back in their lives and think of something that they really wanted that they have now. And I, I think it's, if, if you can find those examples, you could kind of 
reinforce that idea in your brain, hopefully over time and come to come to terms with waiting is something that will eventually pay off. But man, it's got to be hard for a lot of people. And I know it's hard for me to do the waiting. And it often ruins the experience, the waiting. I, I wait so anxiously that I, I don't enjoy any of the time between now and where I'm trying to go. Dude, uh, you know, okay, so like the whole, dude, I was at the end of my rope. And I was like, dude, like I was, I was suicidal with it when this whole thing happened. And like, I was fucking like trying to figure out what the fuck. Cause dude, I was 30 living in my parents' house. And like, I just had everything that I wanted taken away from me. Like, I don't need a million fucking dollars. I don't need a fucking big ass house, but dude, I was engaged had a house together and we were talking about having kids and like the only thing that I could think about like every single day was like being a dad and like just having like a, a little me yeah. that that I could fucking uh, mold into like something fucking crazy like something like you know and then that was taken away from me so I was like I was like that's it like uh, that's that's done so fucking might as well end it but I ended up doing the, that's why I ended up doing the ayahuasca because it's like, oh, it helps with PTSD. Not that I have PTSD, but it was like one of the benefactors of like it helps with PTSD, helps with anxiety, helps with yeah. uh, suicide thoughts, whatever. Can't hurt. So I did. <laughs> and uh, I, I did it. And like I said, dude, it said you're going on the right path, blah, blah, blah. And then like real lately, dude, it's fucking insane because I, 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 I'm a very big into dreams guy mm-hmm. and I look up. Like, I'll fucking Google whatever about my dream, see what it means. Yep. But, like, nobody knows. Um, but anyway, I keep having these thoughts of, like, God send me a sign that I am on the right path. Like, I don't, like, God isn't, God meaning, like, somebody. Sure. You know, like, the creator. Universe. Not necessarily, like, Christian type. Yeah. I'm like, dude, send me a fucking sign that I'm on the right path. So, fucking, like, three days ago, dude. My fucking, I'm sitting here playing Call of Duty, fucking whatever. Like I usually do, like I've done, been doing for the past three months. Sure. My fucking Wi-Fi goes out, dude. Like <laughs> never, I've had my Wi-Fi for like six months. Not once if I had a problem. So it fucking goes out. And then like 30 seconds later, my phone rings. And it was my friend that was on the podcast, the the last episode, okay. Wesley Quesada Castro. And he called me, like, out of the blue, dude. And he's like, I just want you to know that you're doing fucking great, dude. Like, every, And he, like, just started saying this shit. Like, dude, everything's going to be all right in the end, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And I'm like, what are the fucking odds, dude? Like, this is it. This is a sign. And I'm like, and it's, it's so crazy, like, the way everything fucking happens. I am super fucked up right now, though. But damn <laughs> No, man, I think that's profound outside of your current state as well. I think there's definitely but something to like, that. like, send me, dude, it was like for a few days too, I'm like, and, and that was like, dude, I get high and I, I say these things and I'm like, dude, send me a sign that I'm on the right path. And like, what would I accept as a sign? Like, what if it's, what if I drive past a billboard that says, hey, you're doing great. Like, should I take that as a sign or should I disregard right. it? Right, like, hard that's to register. Clear fucking sign, that's pretty dude. clear, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I fucking, like, I was, like, sitting there after the conversation, and I looked up at the ceiling, and I'm like, dude, thank you, because I'm like, there's somebody there that fucking is listening, and mm. I, it's weird, mm. dude, it's so fucking crazy. I gotta try that, I'm gonna try to put it out there and see what comes back. 
I'm going to try to put it out there into the universe and see what comes back for me. <laughs> dude, there's, there's people that are fucking... The mechanical elves, dude, I saw them and they said, don't fucking change it. Just fucking go with it. Sure, there's some deeper wisdom in that that I could learn from as well. Do you ever, did I ever talk to you about this thing? Um, this, I think it's a commencement speech, but it eventually got turned into a paper by this guy, David Foster Wallace. It's called This Is Water. Uh, dude, I just saw like a YouTube video talking about it. Somebody might have sent yeah, it to me, but I didn't watch there, it. So if, you, if anyone out there... No, it was Bruce Lee. It was Bruce Lee. I'm sorry. That was completely different. If you check it out or if anyone else listening ever wants to check this out, there's two different versions. There's like a full speech version where it just shows the words on the screen of what he's talking about. And then there's like a condensed like 10-minute animated version where it kind of illustrates a couple of the topics in the video. But the guy basically gave this commencement speech at a college and he talked about like this analogy of he starts it off, he's like, there's these two fish swimming by in the water, and uh, they see another fish coming by, and they say to the fish, beautiful day, isn't the water nice? And the other fish is, goes by, he says, yeah, hey, have a good day, and then he thinks to himself, water, what the hell are they talking about? And it's like this idea of like being present and like understanding where you're at, and um, it's... Oh, dude. Right, no, sorry. no, it's, I, it, and I think it perfectly idea of kind of being present and remembering that it's it's one thing to know that and it's one thing to know that yeah you're in water or the example he gives in there is that you're in a grocery store and you're struggling in line it's like one thing to say yes here's the situation i'm in over and over but it's an entirely different thing to be able to live that and be present and know that you have to make this choice to look beyond that and what i wanted to ask you was hopefully that these these lessons you're ayahuasca trip this seems to be the first one where it really manifests itself and really has come true in this in this context outside of that but i wanted to ask you if if outside of that sign has this stuff kind of carried over into your life and have you seen like any any kind of signs of what you saw in there being out here now besides that not necessarily dude there's a i guess there is signs because like dude something will happen that'll make me laugh and i'm like that like somebody did that to Mm, make me laugh okay like, like not somebody physically. There's like, like a, a a connectedness that's still kind of with you. Yeah, but dude, like you were talking about, um, like, oh, I'm not gonna spend my money to go do this thing with my friends, right. you know? Dude, ever since I could remember, I was always like, fuck that, dude. I'll pay whatever money that I have that can get me through whatever the fuck we're going to do. You know, like if we're going to hang out for a hundred bucks, dude, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Like if you want to go out and drink, dude, I'll spend all my money into my bank accounts. Because like, that's what life is, dude, is experiences. And like, I have these friends that I want to experience things with. Like people ask me like, Hey, do you want to go to this fucking stupid uh, fair thing that I know I'm going to be miserable (laughs) at because I hate fucking animals. But yes, I'm going to go fucking do that because it's like an experience. It's, but I, I don't know. It was I, weird. I, I, I love the idea of the experience. And um, something I've struggled with is I've always signed up for the experience. But it's it's another thing just to go to it and say, yeah, I did it. But it's, that's one thing. And it's another thing to actually be present, enjoy it, and really have fun. And I think that's that, the hard part. That's the thing is, like, dude, me and my brother went to yeah. Europe, like, backpacking for a month. And... He he would um, 
like he'd go see like the sites or whatever. Maybe that's what he was there for. I didn't really sure. talk to him about it. But like we would Airbnb everything. So we'd go to these people houses, we'd check in, whatever. And then I would immediately go and find a CrossFit gym and like start mingling with people and start fucking talking to people, taking pictures, whatever. And then I would go back to the house and like we'd eat and then sleep. And then like the next day, like we we only spent two, two or three days in each place. And we went to fucking like a hundred different places. But I would like be like, hey, this this is where these CrossFit people told me to go to get something to eat because it's fucking local and it's not a chain, whatever. So yeah. we would do that. But like he would, he would like stay in these Airbnbs and then like go to these museums. And I'm like, nah, that's sure. not for me. Granted, I, I went to like the Louvre and Notre Notable Dame ones. and fucking whatever. Venice. Yeah, dude. Um, but I was like, I want to go experience. Like, how do you, what is an experience? Like if you travel overseas, like how do you get the when and Rome That's a good question, you know? man. That's a great point. Yeah. It's what experience that, connects that, with the you. The way to answer is like, well, to give you my answer, I'm sorry. Um, to give you my answer is like you, you have to go like and do what local people hmm. do, you know? Like local people aren't going to go to fucking McDonald's and fucking Rome when in Rome, have, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, like local grandma shop. Plus, I think the food tastes better. But that's just an example, and I'm fucking. Good. <laughs> I think I think that's there's truth to what you're saying with that as well, though. <laughs> and but that, that, and that's the thing is like, dude, if it's a hundred dollars a plate, then I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. I'm fucking not gonna get this experience again. Yeah, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I I I have done that and. I, I know that that's the right move, but I think I come out of it unfulfilled because I don't fully dive into the experience as deep as I would like to. And that's something that is about being present and being conscious and really enjoying it rather than worried about whatever else I've gotten concerned with at that time. You, you know what really throws me off is like vacations in general. Hmm. Like why, what are you, what are you getting? Yeah, from? that's like, a tough one, right? I struggle with that too. I struggle to enjoy vacations because I don't really feel like I've earned, like I'm not vacationed from, like my life's so hard. <laughs> Dude, like I would rather pay whatever I'm going to pay for in flights and food and whatever than I would rather go hang out for a fucking night with all my yeah. friends, you know, in fucking Nanny Coke. Dude, if we went to fucking whatever the fucking bar Wachoviacs for dollar drinks, dude, I would have just as good a time if we were in some fucking uh, Florida mansion that we were staying in yeah. for a week. Then that's that, you know, that's that saying that uh, it's like it, you know, happiness is only what's that from into the wild. I think he says happiness, like the guy goes out into the woods by himself and all this stuff. And what he learns is that happiness is only real when shared. Yeah, dude. But it was crazy because, like, I think about it, and I have like Joey's wedding was probably the closest that we've come, that I've come to, that everybody, like, all my friends, like, all of them were like, and what, not, not just be the dude. Uh, so I was thinking about like having a wedding, and then like all my friends, like military, oh, high yeah. school, fucking whatever the fuck, like all those people, like all in one place, like, and. Like just having a good time is like the ultimate, yeah. you know. Like that'd be an awesome experience for you, somebody who had all those different chapters. That'd be particularly like interesting to get all those people together. <laughs> yeah. 
But like, why do I have to get married to do that? Like, why can't I just like, hey, there's a it's hard to get everyone together. So you need a large occasion where people feel like they have to come. Just tell everyone you died, dude. And then surprise them. We all show up for your funeral. Yeah. How about a casket? DJ and the wall turns and there's a DJ there. (laughs) (laughs) Like Harry Arnold's couch. (laughs) 